Bill finally gave the Ringer's Philly crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shiel Kapadia. That's right, just a couple Philly guys with the new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos, and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Plus, when Harden and Embiid somehow convince you suckers that this year's going to be different, our fellow Philly stands at the Ringer will have you covered on the Sixers and all your other favorite teams in town. It's Philly Sports Shield. What could possibly go wrong? Join the fun and follow the Ringer's Philly special now on Spotify. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets, and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show. Austin Gale here with Raheem the Dream Palmer. We're switching up the order this week. It's going to go Raheem, then Roger. It's going to go NFL, specifically Thursday Night Football, previewing the Steelers at Browns game. What a game to bet. No one wants to watch this game unless you're betting this game. Total is at 38.5, not a lot of points, and two of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and Mitchell Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett. But then after this, we're going to bring in Roger Sherman. We are talking college football. Some cool matchups this week. Clemson at Wake, I think Clemson's seven and a half point favorite. Arkansas at Texas A&M, that's a Top 25 matchup, Texas A&M, one and a half point favorite at home. And then USC at unranked, unjustly unranked Oregon State. My guy Chance Nolan repping the Beavs. But let's get to Thursday night. Steelers at Browns. Do you even want to watch this game, Raheem? I know you want to bet on it, but do you even want to watch this game? This game is going to be going to be hard to watch. Two of the more like uglier offenses in the NFL, in my opinion. I'm going to be honest. I like games like this. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> like the high scoring games. I like lower scoring games where you know, every score kind of means something. I think it adds something to the the, the dramatics of, it, you know, for me. So I'm a, I'm a little bit the opposite of the, the general public. For me, I'm not sure if I want to bet on this game. <laughs> so Steelers, like I said before, Steelers going to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a four and a half point favorite right now on FanDuel. And the total is set at 38 and a half. And for good reason, right? The Steelers offense has been awful this year. They're 29th in EPA per play. Mitchell Trubisky is 28th in EPA per dropback, even though he's only been pressured on 29% of his dropbacks, which is a top 10 figure in the NFL this year. When kept clean, no pressure at all. 27th in EPA per dropback. I think Stephen Ruiz tweeted out earlier today, an analyst here at Ringer, he's like, why in the hell, essentially, is Mike Tomlin not playing Kenny Pickett? Trubisky is doing nothing for this offense. He is struggling to hit open receivers, maximize clean pockets. 
all that stuff. It is hugely concerning how badly Trubisky ranks right now in Ruiz's quarterback rankings on the ringer.com. He is dead last behind Cooper Cup, man, Joe Flacco, and some of these other bad quarterbacks in the NFL. He is just giving nothing to the Pittsburgh Steelers and that offense and their offensive line is not doing anything for Najee Harris. Najee Harris has been banged up a bit, but he's averaging very low yards before contact per carry. They can't create any offense on the ground. And I got to bring up Matt Canada because I'm focusing on the Steelers' offense. Trubisky's bad, the offensive line is bad, and Matt Canada somehow might be worse. Listen to these numbers. The Steelers rank 28th in play action rate, 20th in screen rate, and 21st in pre-snap motion slash shift percentage. Those, in my opinion, are the easy edges offensive play callers lean into to create efficient offense for quarterbacks and for offenses that don't have star-star talent, right? You compare that to the Miami Dolphins, who are in a lot of ways propping up Tua Tungvaluwa, who historically has not been a quarterback exceeding expectations, first in play-action rate, first in pre-snap shift and motion rate. Like, they are trying to get... They also throw a ton of screens. If your quarterback is shit, you need to do things differently than run traditional dropbacks, don't throw screens and all these things. you got to pre-snap motion, all that stuff. Canada is making this team worse. Trubisky's making this team worse, and they can't create any you know, um, push up front for Najee Harris. I, I have no reason but to fade this Steelers offense to a point where I look at their team total in this game, and I think there's some value potentially on that. And I look at the first, first half under specifically, thinking there's value on that, because I just don't think there is a hot start in the cards for the Steelers offense. I know that's the focus for me. Where do you see like the biggest focus? Is it that Steelers offense? Is it the Browns on the other side? You know, what are the narratives? What are you driving for this game? I mean, for me, it's definitely the Steelers' offense. I mean, you looked at Trubisky. I mean, you said 28th in EPF per play. I mean, he's 22nd in expected completion percentage. He's 27th in completion percentage over expectation. He's 28th in success rate. I mean, this guy has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then when you look at the other side of the ball with Jacoby Brissett, He's actually played well. He's eighth in EPA per play, plus completion over expectation, eighth in EPA per play. He's seventh in completion over expectation and eighth in success rate. And this is still a, a, a Browns team which can run the ball and they have some decent weapons. To me, there is a reason why we saw this line go from three to minus five. And, you know, a lot of people are going to look at last week and, and say, you know, the Browns really lost it was a really flukish way for them to lose. So mm-hmm. I think the Sharps came in and pushed this number up. But the Steelers are a public underdog. And, you know, one of the things that I always say, I like to avoid the public underdogs. And, I mean, look, when you look at all the trends with Mike Tomlin, there's a reason why they're being backed heavily here. I mean, when you look at Mike Tomlin as an underdog, the Steelers are 46-23-2. and two. That's 67% as against the spread. And then when you look at Kevin Stefanski as a favorite, Seven and fifteen against the spread as a favorite, including one and eleven against the spread in the division. So it's like the matchup it favors Cleveland, but the trends kind of push you towards the Steelers. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I'm noticing is that you have a really low total, and when you have a, a low total, those points are more valuable. So you look at this total being bet down from forty to thirty eight and a half, and and the past three seasons with games with totals. Under 38 and a half, the under is 7 and 0. So I think you have some weather issues going on. There's a light chance of showers. Um, and we're looking at 16 mile per hour winds. Obviously, I mean, for those of you who, you know, bet NFL totals, one thing that you should know is that wind impacts totals more than rain because the offensive player knows where, where they want to go. 
but a defensive player doesn't know where they want to go. So when you when you see wind, when you see heavy winds, I think 20 miles per hour is the sweet spot. That's when you really can start looking under. But I think the big thing is that I mean you have you have a bad offense in the Steelers, and then you have a Browns team which really isn't kind of built to cover these big numbers, and then you have a low total. So this is a tough handicap. I think if I was leaning anywhere. I would go towards the Browns. I think you're going to see this number come down because I think you're going to have a lot of people on the Steelers here in this spot. So I would be looking towards the Browns as far as as far as the side. Now, as the total, I think you kind of can't ignore. I don't think you're going to get a lot of points in this game. I, I think that, and I'm stealing this from Warren Sharp, which you should check out our you know our Wednesday episode. Me and him do an episode together where he says, "I think the Browns are the right side, but I don't think there's value at this number." And I think that's how I feel about this game. Like I think yeah. the Browns are the right side. I don't think that there's value at minus four and a half. I think that is a prime backdoor number. You know, for the Steelers, kind of close within three, close within four late in this game, even if the Browns are dominating and Trubisky continues to not play well. And defensively, I think reason to think about this too, and why I like the the first half under at 19 and a half points and the Steelers under 17 points that you can get the team total for the Steelers under 17 points at minus 118. That gives you some push probability. Obviously, if they hit just 17, you're getting your money back. And I think they're coming under that, honestly, with how good, you know, the Browns defense has played against bad offenses, Baker and Joe Flacco. But this is another bad offense. Like this, this you know, this defense ranks sixth in pressure rate, top defense EPA per play allowed through two weeks against bad offenses. I get it, but Trubisky also sucks. I think the Browns are going to shut these guys down. The Steelers, who have a good defense specifically against the run, I think their first and success rate against the run, I think they'll limit the best part of this Browns offense, which I would say is Nick Chubb and this offensive line. They're going to limit it to a point where maybe the Browns aren't scoring points. I like the under first half total at 19 and a half. I like the under Steelers total at 17, but I don't think there's value at Browns minus four and a half. I think you're, you're, you're going to catch yourself in a back door, right? You're going to watch that Thursday night game. It's going to be a freaking slugfest between two bad quarterbacks. And then even if the Browns are up 17, 10, 2010, you know, late in this game, mm-hmm. you're going to see maybe the Steelers sneak in a, you know, a touchdown where they don't win this game or cover that and all that stuff. It's going to be a fun one, though, Raheem. I'm excited to watch Thursday Night Football. I'm saying, I'm more, you're like, I'm more excited to watch this game than bet on it. I don't know if there's a ton of value. I'm, I'm betting on this one. I like the under 19 and a half, you know, first half total and the under Steelers 17 total. Let's, that's going to do it Thursday night. That's going to do it for Thursday night. I'm excited for this one. We're going to continue to do this. Make sure you tune into this episode to hear Raheem every single time talk Thursday Night Football. Let's get to now college football with Roger Sherman. Now the Shermanator joins the show. I've never called you the Shermanator, but I think I might do it for the rest of the show. Roger <laughs> Sherman, college football aficionado. Uh, excited to have you here. How was your week, man? My my week in NCAA was horrendous. In NFL, I finished up 0.78 units. And in NCAA, I finished up 0.4 units. Essentially 50-50 on the week. Just a ton of sweats, a ton of unnecessary sweats. I, I did not have a good week. How was yours? Well, um, unfortunately, the picks I gave out on here went 0-4. Uh, we had a very <laughs> successful first week. and. You know, we're going to turn it around now. Got to have to. Going to have to and, turn uh, it around. I'm, I, I don't think anyone's called me Sherbinator since like that, that was a character in American Pie. And mm. I was oh, like right. 13, I was 13 or 14 at the time. And like 13 or 14 year olds thought American Pie was the funniest movie of all time. So yeah, I haven't heard that one since like 2005, probably. I think my nickname comp there for I haven't been called this since 2005 would be Austin Powers. I got a lot of Austin Ooh, Powers in the early 2000s. You know, so like, it holds up better. Holds up yeah, better. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. American Pie is like falling off the vine. I think Sher- <laughs> Shermanator and Austin Powers on the rip here. On the year, I'm up 5.71 units in the NCAA. I had a really big week one. 
then every week after that, it's been consi- consistently worse. So who knows where we're ending up here as we march on week four. Three games I want to hit on today, and then we'll get to the Iowa Hawkeyes and the infamous, do we go yes. under again to the Iowa Hawkeyes? They play Rutgers this I'm week. I'm so excited I'm hit, about that. I'm going to hit on, before that, save the cherry for the end. Number five, Clemson at number 21, Wake. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite on the road against Wake Forest. That total set at 55 and a half. We're going to hit on number 10, Arkansas versus Texas A&M. They're number 23 in the country. Have had a change at quarterback, a lot of a lot of difficulty with the yell practices. They are one and a half point favorites at home with a total set at 48 and a half. And then the game of the week, I'm calling it. This is Austin Powers game of the week. Number 13, <laughs> USC. <laughs> number 13. Don't, <laughs> don't self-nickname yourself. From it's your true, 13 year old nicknames. <laughs> Number 13, USC at unranked, unjustly unranked Oregon State, plus six and a half. They're six and a half point dogs at home in Corvallis. And that spread or that total is set at 70 and a half points. That is Pac 12 after dark, baby. 70 and a half points for that total. Let's start with Clemson Wake, though. DJ Uyangalele, according to PFF, was the least accurate quarterback in the country. Last year, <laughs> he was awful. Could not hit the broadside of a barn. This year, top 15 in that same stack. Clemson's offense is really winning off of that. Jordan Shipley, the running back, leads a unit that ranks 16th in EPA per rush. The passing has been better, 33rd in EPA per pass or EPA per dropback for DJ Ongalele, but it hasn't been as bad as last year. And there's you know money going on Clemson. I think this line opened up at seven. It's now out to seven and a half on the road against Wake, a, a Wake Forest team that is Finding ways to score points. Sam Hartman, him coming back has has been really good, but defensively has really struggled, really struggled, and they can't run the ball. A lot of reason to like Clemson in this one. Do you like him enough to take the points, the hook at the seven and a half, and, and any other opinions on this game? I do. DJ is so fascinating. I I, I was like so DJ pilled in 2020 when he came in for Trevor Lawrence uh, out with COVID goes for over 400 yards against Notre Dame on the road. I was like, this guy's the truth. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards in a game since in a year plus as a starter. So I'm, I don't have that same enthusiasm that he's a world's beating superhuman. Um, but I, I am, I do like this game. I actually know exactly how this game is going to play out. If you don't mind, like I perfect, perfect. So like, I know like a hundred percent what's going to happen. Because if you look at what happened so far in Clemson against FBS teams, they've played two games, um, and both of them kind of had the same script. Uh, they were up 14-10 against Georgia Tech in the season opener. You're thinking, huh, why aren't they blowing this team out? They start running the ball, they get to 40 carries, they win 41-10. Last week against Louisiana Tech, same thing, they're up 14-6 in the second half. They run the ball, they get up to 39 carries. Will Shipley, by the way, Jordan... Oh, that's right. You, you, you Jordan, Tim. We, they're, <laughs> they're not related. Um, but, uh, and, and they end up winning, uh, 48 20. They, they, they have a five star quarterback who's huge and hard to tackle. Shipley, five star running back. Most of the lines, four stars. And, and you look at, at what Wake Forest last week, they were up 28 at halftime against Liberty. Liberty comes out in the second half. They hit a bunch of big running plays for touchdowns. I think we could see that same thing happen this week. Clemson comes out. You're thinking, oh my God, like they're struggling with Wake. And by the end of the game, they're, they're running the ball. They have superior talent. Almost, like I said, almost all four stars on the offensive line. Wake Forest does not have any four stars starting on defense. They have one as a backup safety. So like not the talent isn't there. I like Sam Hartman. I like Wake Forest offense. 
but I'm thinking it's a close game in Clemson covers. I could even see Wake Forest covering that four and a half point first half spread. Mm-hmm. Clemson pulling away and winning by seven and a half in the second. If I don't endorse building parlays, but hey, that might be a fun one. It builds out to plus 570. I checked it out just to see. Uh, if, if that happens, I'll feel very smart. I, I'd argue if you are backing Wake, backing them at plus four and a half first half is so much better than backing them at plus seven and a half for a full game. Because I agree that I think this is a game that inch by inch, row by row, Clemson pulls away. In. I think they're better offensively. I think they're better defensively. They're also supposed to be getting healthier. I think multiple starters are supposed to be coming back healthy for this Clemson defense. I think that is another reason why this line has been stretched from seven to seven and a half. I'm taking Clemson at seven and a half. I wish I bet them at seven. I don't think there's a ton of value at seven and a half now having the hook, especially because it, it opens up a backdoor for Wake to maybe come back late. But I like them at seven and a half, and I'm probably not touching the total because I think this could be, I, I, this could be a, an all-out scoring affair. But I think Wake is so one-sided offensively; they're 54th in EPA per rush this year. Like they cannot run the football. I think they're I, I, so I, one-sided that Clemson's. Go ahead. Yeah, their their leading rusher last week was Sam Hartman with 11. Uh, 11 uh, rushing yards. So yeah, they're not moving the ball <laughs> at all on the ground. No, no. The, 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 they're really struggling. 54th in EPA per play and the power five in rushing the ball. And I think that one-sidedness with Clemson's defense, the talent, them getting healthier, I think all of that leads to Wake probably not scoring enough to clear their win t- or their point total to get this over the 55 and a half. But if I am going to lean one way, I, I, I do think I like Clemson minus seven and a half. Riding, Arkansas, we're riding together. We're riding together. Number 10, Arkansas versus number 23, Texas A&M. The best thing about Texas A&M football every week is the videos coming out from their Yale practices. These are national treasures. If you have not watched them, it is your fault. Google, YouTube search. I don't know what you have to do. Go to Texas A&M if you have to and find these Yale practices because it might be the best thing about the football team this year. Haynes King has essentially been benched for Max Johnson. And last week against Miami, I thought he looked fine. I think it was, it was improvement in keeping the offense on schedule. It was improvement on third downs that I think was a the biggest like positives you could pull from that. But I still think this offense is going to struggle. Like it's going to struggle to make plays consistently with, I don't think they have, I thought Anaya Smith would be a lot, about a lot better as a receiver. I thought they'd have more weapons to be able to put up points, but I just don't think it's going to be a team that's putting up a lot of points this year, even against an Arkansas defense that has given up a lot of points on the other side of the ball or the other side of this game, Arkansas with KJ Jefferson uh, you know, kind of leading the way, I, I think this is a very, very good offense in an opportunity to go to Texas A&M as a top 10 team and really put themselves on the map. They're one and a half point dog on the road and the total set at 48 and a half. I, every lean for me is on Arkansas side. I think they're the better football team. I think they have the better offense. I think both defenses are relentless. Both defenses have played really good football this year. I think the better offense wins this one out. And I think that's KJ Jefferson and the Arkansas Hogs. I, I think I, I'm not sure what they do whether they do the yell practice for neutral site games, uh, playing at Jerry World. Like, we'll have to look into that if that affects your lean. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit nervous because Arkansas was down 17 nothing to Missouri State last week. But A&M did not look considerably better against Miami uh, than they had in the embarrassing loss <laughs> the week before. Um, Max Johnson takes over and everyone's pretty excited because they got a win. He's 10 for 20 for 140 yards. No passes attempted more than 20 yards downfield. They're running the ball 75% of the time on first down. Their longest pass play of the night was a design play for the running back, uh, like like a, a design pass to the running back. And I just thought Miami could have won that game. 
they went over four in the red zone. They missed two field goals. They end up losing by 10. I, I thought they would cover. We, I picked up to cover last week. I'm still mad about that. Um, and KJ Jefferson is maybe my favorite quarterback in the country right now. I love like that combination of size and accuracy. He's really accurate this year. He throws the ball deep. He's got that hog in him, man. Arkansas, I'm definitely on Arkansas in this game you over Anna. You cannot say you cannot say he's got that hog in him. You can't. He's got he does. He's got that razorback. <laughs> he's I, I just <laughs> I, I I'm overlooking the 17 0 deficit against Missouri State and um you know, w- wild times in the Arkansas fan base. I don't know if you heard that the uh the COO of Beyond Meat bit someone's nose after the Arkansas game in a parking lot dispute. I in, did in not Arkansas. hear about that. So they're hungry. They're hungry, uh, and they're hungry for Aggies this week. I'm I'm riding with it, man. I'm, I I think that KJ Jefferson, like you said, has that hog and in him, and I think that they're hungry this week. I like them at plus one and a half. I'd probably take them on the money line as well. And, and you're right, it is in Jerry World, so you know you know Jerry Jones is a big Hogs fan. He's gonna be pumping in crowd noise for the for for the Hogs. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm big on Arkansas this week. I like them to roll against Texas A&M. Last but not least, I call this game of the week. Or Austin Powers did. Whoever's doing that one, uh, USC has been awesome. I I, I have them as a potential playoff team this year. This is the second toughest game they'll play. Potentially the toughest game with how badly Utah has looked in some of these games so far this year. I love the Oregon State Beavers. They're a reason to stay up all night. They're a reason to stay up till 9.30, 10.30 and watch Pac-12 after dark. Chance Nolan, the quarterback for Oregon State, is the number three graded quarterback in the country, according to PFF. This offense is cooking. I like what head coach Jonathan Smith has there. I like what Chance Nolan is doing. This is an offense that can put up points. That's why the total is at 70 and a half. It's not just because USC and Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, and Jordan Addison. It's Oregon State. It's Chance Nolan. It's an offense that can put up points. They are six and a half point dogs at home in Corvallis. That line, staying at six and a half, makes it so hard that, you know, I want the hook. I want the hook to stay up late and root for the Beavs because six and a half is tough and USC's offenses look so good. But I am, again, riding with the Beavs. I'm riding with Chance Nolan. I like them to cover that number. And I am going to sprinkle a little on the money line. That's why I'm staying up late because. The USC defense has been a lot better than what Oregon State has, but Oregon State's defense has been really, really tough too. I, I, I think that both these defenses are in the second half in the Power Five and EPA per play allowed. Both offenses are in the top 15. Like they are both weak in the same areas. It's going to be a high scoring affair. And in a high scoring affair, I think six and a half points, I think they cover it. So uh, you're such a, I think you're, you're first of all, a little bit blinded by your love of the Oregon State Beavers this year. And I'm fine You're with that. such a passionate fan of this team at this point. <laughs> and you got that big win. Uh, they beat Fresno State. Uh, which as a dog. As a dog. And it's already week four, but we have a little bit of a transitive property thing going on here. Oregon State plays Fresno State. Thrilling game. Got you that W. Um, the announcer, I remember watching this game, just kept going, woo! Because like the last two <laughs> minutes were wild. Um, like... But Oregon State wins with no time left on the clock on a Wildcat uh, touchdown run. Uh, they had a pass interference to bring it down to the two-yard line. They were very close to losing this game. Oregon State missed two field goals at an extra point. Oregon State scores at the last second. Uh, um, last week, USC plays Fresno State, the same team. Obviously, Jay Kaner gets injured, so 
the the full scoreline we have to discount. But at the time of the Jake Kaner injury, uh, it was it was twenty eight to ten before the backup court, quarterback gets in. USC looked considerably better against this Fresno State team than Oregon State did a couple weeks ago. Um, I think there's a, a difference in quality here. Uh, the six point five point spread makes sense, but I'm going with USC on this one. I I have to I have to temper your love for the Beavs uh, and and ride with. There's nothing that USC has done this year that hasn't made me think they're like all of the Lincoln Riley fever dreams we had at the beginning of the year. Caleb Williams looks great. Jordan Addison seems to be bonding right with him. I'm I'm really high on this USC team. At the beginning of the year, I was thinking maybe um, w- like the public is overvaluing them and maybe Utah should be the team to expect out of the Pac-12. But right now, it, like you said, Utah hasn't looked great and USC has been everything I wanted out of them. I'm on USC minus 6.5. This will be the second time I've faded USC. I, I thought Tanner McKee and Stanford would cover at home against USC at the nine and a half point spread. I looked like an idiot. But the Beavs have not let me down yet. I bet them as a dog to beat Boise State, and they won. I bet them as a dog to beat Fresno State, and they won. And against Montana State last week, they put up 68 points yes. on the road. Or they at, at looked home. great. I, they, I'm they not taking good. away from Oregon State. You take away from Oregon State, I'll kick you off this podcast. All right, so I like the Beavs, and I think such the big reason, the biggest reasons of it is I think this offense can go toe-to-toe with um, USC even more so than Tanner McKee and Stanford. I think the second biggest reason is because I back the Beavs and I love the Beavs. And until they let me down, I have to keep riding Chance Nolan and Jonathan Smith. I don't even hate a backdoor. You know, if it's a backdoor, six and a half point cover, I don't hate it. I think this is going to be a really good game, though. And I think that's what we don't talk about a lot on this podcast. A lot of this podcast is just a love for college football. And this game starts at 930 Eastern. It's got a 70 and a half point total. And it might be at one. It, <laughs> oh, yeah, ending at one. Like, this is going to be a, a monster game. It's, it's going to be a monster game. It's the game of the week. Uh, I'm excited. Speaking of games of the week, this is probably the opposite. We are <laughs> on to, we are, we are on to Iowa at Rutgers. America needs unders. <laughs> America needs unders. The Iowa Hawkeyes, who we've talked about a lot in this podcast, if you've been listening the last few weeks, have the worst offense in the NFL. Or not NFL. The, the worst offense in the... <laughs> also true. <laughs> the worst offense in the Power Five, the worst offense in the FBS. Let me read you some stats. Iowa ranks dead last in EPA per play on offense among all Power Five teams. They rank dead last in EPA per play on offense among all 131 FBS teams. And that's even after a 27-0 win over Nevada at home last week where that game again went under. The total against Rutgers in Rutgers is 34 points. I have not seen a total that low. I haven't. I have not seen a total that low. Navy, Army, two wishbone teams, that total is usually clearing 34 points. It is a 34-point total on the road. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites over Rutgers. Rutgers has not looked good either. Or Rutgers' offense has not looked good either. At, but it's they've, they've still been... They still... Seven-and-a-half feels like a lot, and this total feels so low. Where, where are you at on this one, Roger? That This Iowa team's hard to watch for me. So you're saying... I'm not sure if I've ever seen a total this low. Luckily, I'm bringing the stats. Yes. <laughs> the, the lowest total dating back to 2005 is Missouri Vanderbilt in 2015. That was 34. Uh, right now, we're at 34.5 on FanDuel. Uh, so we're so close to history. And guess what? In, in that database, this, uh, this stat is coming from an Action Network post that was up last September. Uh, so I... I I can't confirm that it's still 100% accurate, but 
But since 2005, when the under is, when the total is 39 or under, the under hits 57.3% of the time, 63, 47, and two. So when, when, when the sports books set an aggressively low line, it's yeah. because these two offenses are absolutely dreadful and, and they think that people will see 34.5 and think there's no way that it can go under. And guess what? It can. This is the punting battle of the year. Iowa's Tory Taylor, preseason first team All American last year. Rutgers' Adam Corsak, second team All American last year. Both from Melbourne, Australia. Anybody in Melbourne, this is the game that they are watching this week. And the thing about Iowa is not only have they allowed just 13 points in three games, the second fewest in college football, just a couple of points different from Georgia. They, they only have four turnovers. They're not getting interceptions and, and returning them for touchdowns. They, they have four turnovers. They've only forced one fumble in three games. And that's, that's how unders happen. Not by you yeah. turning, uh, you, you know, getting a pick six, getting a scoop and score, getting a block punt by three and out after three and out. And that's what these two teams will produce over and over again. Um, last week, I thought that Iowa had the potential to go over 39 because they were playing a terrible defense in Nevada. The score was 27 nothing. They, their defense is great. I'm, I think that this can go under 34.5. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I, I'm betting the under at 34.5. And I think it's important to note too, like the right, the, the Rutgers offense isn't good. I think it's 40th in EPA per play offensively. Like there they haven't 16, played well. Not, there was 16 14 against Temple last week and Temple is terrible. They, they're not scoring the ball. Neither is Iowa at a rate that I don't think we've ever seen before in the power five. Like it, it's, it's been absurd. Then defensively, and I think another reason why this total is low, is Rutgers ranks 10th in EPA per play allowed this year. Like, it's a top 10 defense in the Power 5, whereas Iowa ranks 2nd, and that defense has been lights out against every team they've played, really. I, I, I really think that this is a game, like you said, to watch punter play, where both defenses are going to be <laughs> rowdy, both offenses are going to be different levels of dog shit, and that's just going to make this game uh, an all-timer in terms of rooting for no points. It could be a 6-3 game. It could be, a, you know, it could be that low. I really do think it could be that low. And with that low of a total, and we said this last last time with Nevada, and I know I said I kind of liked Iowa to not cover that 22 and a half. They scored 27. I was wrong. But seven and a half points on the road. Last week in Nevada, it was in Iowa. On the road against Rutgers, when the total's 34, I don't know. I, I think I'm betting the under and I'm betting Rutgers plus seven and a half. And I think this is the game after Oregon State, obviously. That I'm, I'm most excited to watch after that. I think it's the second most hyped game this week. <laughs> this is when the Big Ten, people have spent a decade saying, why did the Big Ten invite Rutgers to the conference? It was for this Saturday. It's this game. It's this game. Iowa, it's this Rutgers, with no offense whatsoever. Final score going to be, maybe if we're lucky, 10-2. to two. I want 3-2. <laughs> I want 3-2. I want it to be a safety, and Rutgers wins on a field goal. Late. Late. That's what I want. Iowa has never done three two, but they did six four uh, against Penn State. They lost four to si- uh, six with two safeties. So they can they can make it happen. That that was a while ago. That wasn't this exact Iowa team, but they can make the weird scores happen. If we could get a five in there, I would I would die of happiness. I wouldn't <laughs> even make it. I wouldn't even make it to the Oregon State USC game. 
Well, you heard it here. The Shermanator and Austin Powers are all in on, on the under 34. It's going to be the game of the week after USC at Oregon State. Make sure to continue to, <laughs> make sure to, continue to follow along. Well, the, the, go ahead. It depends which sort of weirdo you are. Yes. If you like staying up till 1 a.m. and watching touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, we've got that for you this week. If you like uh, the depths of horror of the human experience, <laughs> Iowa Rutgers is right there for you, and, and they're both beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful games this week. Excited. Appreciate uh, producer on the call, Jesse Lopez, for the producing today. And then I also I also appreciate you, Shermanator, and I, I can't wait to continue to do this every single week. Stop we will it. See. Stop <laughs> calling me that. <laughs> we will see where these bets end up next week. Until next time, Austin Gale, Roger Sherman, The Ringer Gambling Show. 